0: Namaste. Welcome to Buddha's Teaching. My name is Soti Tim. Today, I'd like to go a little more deeper into the teaching. Now that we are at episode 53, I hope that at least you all have gone through and listened to some of my previous episodes and have some kind of ideas of what the teachings is all about and some terminologies that I have um, touched upon here and there throughout the episodes that I have before. So, we're going to go a little bit deeper, and hopefully you will remember some of the things that I have gone over before. Today, what i like to touch on is the word, truth as we have heard oftentimes in the teaching and we keep saying that see things as they are and that is puzzling to a lot of people because they say what does that mean because I am seeing what it is in front of me and what else that needs to be seen or known. Right. So the think in, in Buddha's teaching there are two levels of teaching or two kinds that you can look at. One of one of the teaching is the teaching regarding our worldly life. That has to do with all the things that we as ordinary people is aware of, and that is a truth right So that truth that we know is what we call a conventional truth, okay But in Buddha's teaching the there's two kinds. There are conventional truth and there there is conventional truth and there is the ultimate truth. Right? So what is the difference between conventional truth and the ultimate truth? Before Buddha's time, The whole world lives according to the conventional truth. The Buddha, after enlightenment, he saw another level of truth behind the conventional truth. Okay, so the Buddha was the first person who discover the ultimate truth behind the conventional truth that every single one of us experience. So, okay. So, what is the conventional truth? The conventional truth or in the Pali word, Is called uh, Pariyat Dharma. Okay? Pariyat Dharma is the conventional truth, and the ultimate truth is called Paramita Dharma. Right? So, what is the difference between those two truths? For us ordinary people, We are living in the world of conventional truth. The conventional truth is the truth to us that as you sit there, okay, you experience the world through the five senses. Okay, we experience the world through our five senses. We look around, you see the different form, different color. You smell things, you hear things. Okay, you can taste your food. You can feel the softness or hardness of materials. Right? So, through our five senses, we experience... The truth of this world that that we, we that we that we go through every single moment of our life. So, with that, that is called conventional truth. Okay, so let's say you sit there and you look at an object, whatever it is. So I'm going to pick a flower, okay? So you look, you sit there, you see the tree, and you see the bush, and you see the flower. Now, without naming it first, you know, put aside the name of that flower, whatever flower it is. If you just look at it, you can see it or you can even smell it if the flower has fragrance so there's a form right in front of you that is the truth right that is the truth no there's no denying it okay so is everything else around it the leaves the tree the branch and the people and animals and insects everything you have this form. So is so that is the truth. There's no denying it. So that is called the conventional truth. Okay? So when you see the flower by with just by seeing it without naming it, without labeling it, you will see it just from the if you just look at it from the same mind perspective as an animal that that would look at it, if you have a dog or a cat or whatever, when they look at the same flower, what do they have an opinion of, okay, that is called flower or whatnot? See, they don't, have that label, right? They just see it as it is. You see see the shape, the form, the of the object. Right? So that is the conventional truth. It's the truth to every single living being on this planet. Everybody see the same thing. It's just that well depending also on let's say when we talk about Vision we talk about seeing the animals and insects that can dissect more colors than uh, the, the, the eyes that has more capabilities than the human eyes or less capability than human eye. But the form is still there. Form is form. So that is the conventional truth. So based on the conventional truth, based on the truth that we perceive through our five sense doors the eyes, the ears, the nose, the tongues and our uh, body uh, sense we form a concept. As we perceive things, we conceive the idea. We conceive a, a, a name. We conceive a label for things in order for us to communicate to each other. So we create our own world so to speech so to speak through language. Right? So language is created by a concept by a conceptual um, ability. And now we have words. Okay? So now that we have words, word so words and language is based on human concept, okay, so that is another, that is a layer on top of the conventional truth, okay, the tree or the flowers by itself, it does not know itself as a tree or as a dog or a cat or a flower, it is just what it is. But for us human beings, we have to label it. We have to name it. So that is called something is based on our concept. We, we, we put a sticker on it and we call it flower. We call it rose. We call it lily. We call it uh, oak tree. We call it automobile we call a computer, we call a smartphone, we call the sky, we call the water and the earth and everything else. So everything is based on our conceptual mind. Right? So that is, so the conceptual mind is the conceptual world is based on the power of our mind intellect. We create all of this based on a concept. Right? So that is called what we experience it. that is called the conceptual world based on our conceptual mind, and that is the conventional truth that we are experiencing every single moment of our lives. That's the conventional truth. So what is the ultimate truth? The ultimate truth is discovered, was discovered by the Buddha. The ultimate truth was, or has always been there, but no one was aware of it, is aware of it. And until today, even after the discovery of an awakened one, there are still people who are only living in the world of convention, of the conventional ideas, right? There are only very, very, very few percentage of people who come across Buddha's teaching and get to truly understand the teaching who get to understand what the ultimate truth is behind the conventional truth. Okay. So, what is the ultimate truth? The ultimate truth is when you look at the same flowers at the same tree, at the same um, whatever form, or you listen to whatever sound, whatever that you smell and taste and touch. The ultimate truth be behind all of, behind the conventional truth or behind the experience of the five senses is the truth of what that object or form that we experience are. Okay, It's the truth of what it is behind the experience that for most of us only people experience. Another word when we see a piece of leaf, we call it leaf or flower. But as you know, through science, you as you see closer and dissect closer, leaf is just a formation of different particle. Right. That's why in in this sense, Buddhism and science goes along hand in hand. It's pretty much the same Buddhism and science in this sense is very very much the same because that's how the Buddha see things when he he see things by breaking it down see he saw he questioned what is flowers right what is tree or even what is a human body so Then you start to see that, oh, flower is a concept. Okay, so taking away the concept, there's a form there. So, and you look into the form. Now you see the different particles that that come together to make that form. Okay, so the flower itself doesn't really exist. Right, it it's it, its existence is actually a come together of different particles. Okay? And in order for a flower to quote unquote exist to to be able to come together to form that form, there's need to be right condition for it to 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 happen so what are the condition so the breakdown is the condition is you need to have uh appropriate temperature right you need to have some uh what you call the the uh, you need to have matters you need to have uh moisture okay and you need to have space or air and all the four elements that put together come together at the right condition it forms a flower right so that is at the physical level, that's how the Buddha sees things. The Buddha cannot see one independent entity that exists in and of itself. There is no such a thing. Everything is a combination, is an aggregate of many, many other particles. Okay? Now, that is called the ultimate truth. Okay? That is called the ultimate truth. So, when it comes to the physical world, when it comes to form, the ultimate truth of all forms is the combination of many, many other little particles that we know them as molecules and atoms that come together when the condition is right. All right. And also going beyond that, as we all know, nothing stay the same, right? So the same flower, the same tree, the same leaf, the same object that you look at, even your own body, the same form that we think is the same. In actuality, it's always changing. It's always aging. You see, that is another ultimate truth. Flowers always changing. First, it's a bud, come out as a little bud, and then it grow bigger, and then it blooms, And after it blooms, it falls away. It fell off the tree. Right? The same thing, that's the same law, applies to everything, the entire universe. Your body, the same thing science agree with this one too that the human body goes through change every single moment, but we have no clue of what's going on go through the change the molecule the the our blood our blood, our flesh, our bone our everything is always changing it's always churning and it's always aging, right? According to science, we are a totally new person after every seven years, I believe. Every single molecule is changed after seven years, completely brand new, different, totally different person. So that is one of the other ultimate truth that the Buddha refers to. The Buddha said, everything is always changing. So, when everything is changing, should you depend or call on the, ch- the always changing object as yourself? As you? Where is it? It's you. You, the, the physical body, is always changing. There's nothing fixed. There's nothing permanent. The you and the physical form is the changing. There's nothing there. It's just impermanent. It's changing. So there is no you. That is one of the things that is the ultimate truth that people, most of the people cannot recognize. That the so-called you, the so-called I, that we refer to in a conventional world, in a conceptual mind, is never there. There is this changing body that is happening all the time, without our control. We have no control or no say or whatsoever on the changing of this physical form. It happens by itself. Now, we can influence it it by what we put into the body. Yes, that is true. What you put in is important, so that's why there's we have to watch what we eat and what we drink. So that is on the physical form, right the form that we can the material the material form that we can see that we can touch and smell and taste. So, with the physical, now you can see the difference between what is conventional truth and what is the ultimate truth, right? So, that is the physical form. What about mental form, the mind, right? So, that is also different. The, the mind or the mental form that we all refer to as as something that exists as a me right as myself as the I am okay because that's what people do when we live in this conventional world we refer to ourselves based on our body and our mind so what is the mind now the mind is in in the in our ordinary everyday life we refer to the mind as what we think right the mind is what we think what we think is who we are, right? So that's what the mind is and what we know and all that. So what is it? And as I have touched on before, okay, so as we come to understand that the mind comes to be again through the through our consciousness through the five sense doors the mind come our mind comes to be with when we wake up right when we not awake our quote unquote mind is gone so Again, the mind that we identify ourselves with is off and on, on and off, right? It's always changing. So, again, it's impermanent. So that's the mind. And that's why, that's that's the same thing that applies, the same thing. Logic applies is uh, that when you cannot depend, when the mind is always changing, how can you de- say that that mind is you? Right? The mind is changing, so it's just a changing phenomena. You can, how can you? identify yourself with something that is always changing you can refer to it as an experience yes you experience a pleasant thing or you experience unpleasant things but if you say i that i am happy then you you experience yourself as a fixed happiness I like fixed uh, fix things. But as you know, whatever you feel doesn't last forever. It changes from moment to moment. That's why the Buddha said the ultimate truth, the paramita, dharma, regarding the mind is that the mind is impermanent. Okay, should you call yourself something that is impermanent? See, when something is impermanent, how can you fixate yourself on something that is always moving, that is always changing? It does not make sense. See, so... That is the ultimate truth of the mind. Combining the two, the ultimate truth of the physical form and the ultimate truth of the mental form, that's why the Buddha comes to the word non-self, anatta. The Buddha points to that, you see, There isn't anything that you can pin that pin yourself to as who you are. There is not a you that is fixed, that is permanent. There is not such a thing. There is only impermanence of everything everything is impermanent. The physical form and the mental form. So, regarding the mental form, I'd like to touch a little bit deeper into the mental form. How, how does the mind operate and where does the mind come together in, a, in a, a deeper level. Okay. I've talked before about when we sleep and our mind is gone. Right? Where do we go? Right? So, we did not go anywhere and we do, we do not come from anywhere. The mind comes as we all know, comes to be when we wake up because the five functions start operating, right? The five senses start operating and the mind clicks together and it becomes who we think we are. So that's what a mind is. So what happens when we go to sleep? when we go to sleep we are not conscious of what's going on right especially when we have a deep sleep especially when we sleep without having any dream when our body was at a complete total rest what happened in that stage the mind the word mind is that in the english word um in pali word we call citta okay c i t t a citta citta is mind but citta there are many level of chitta. There's a lower level of chitta and there is no there is no word for it in in English language. Okay, chitta or mind is formed by is formed from moment to moment. So our chitta or our mind is a stream of consciousness. Okay? It's a stream of consciousness. And it's it's, it's an unbroken stream. It continues from one moment to the next. Nonbroken. Okay? So, when we go to sleep, when we are having a deep sleep, okay, there is a low-level chitta operating, low-level mind, okay? I'm going to call it low-level mind because that low-level mind is the mind that we never know of, we are not aware of. When we go to sleep, that low-level mind keeps going. Otherwise, we would not be alive, right? There has to be some kind of support to keep the body going. So the low-level mind, that low-level citta, in the Pali language, Is called the Bhavanga Chita okay Bhavanga Chita. It is spelled B H A V A N G A Bavanga Chita Bavanga Chita is the smallest or lowest level of our mind and this bhavanka chitta happens continuously it's like a energy stream. I like to look at bhavanka chitta as an a life energy uh Object okay, that that push that 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 gives birth from see our mind happens one moment at a time okay, at the lowest level the bhavan kachita happens and then disappear but. With the disappearance of one moment it give rise to the next bhavanka chitta. Okay? And the the, the the and then it goes on and on and on. So this stream of energy, this stream of life energy or I'm gonna say yeah, the stream of life energy or the bhavanka chitta. occurs continuously, okay from one moment to the next, and it happens very very rapidly, okay it happens very very rapidly, one from one moment to the next, and it it keeps going it's it's just like You know when you're in the hospital room, and when you go to the hospital, what they do is they check your lifeline and they hook you up to the EKG machine, right? And then the the machine show show the uh, the graph on on the little on that little screen that go, that the there's a uh, straight line and then go beep, straight line and then go beep, right? Straight line and then go beep. Right? on the EKG uh, screen. So, you see that straight line that is running between each beep, which is, I believe, that's a heartbeat, right? So, the straight line there, you can look at that as the continuous stream of Bavangka kachita. Okay? It's, that is the 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 best example that I can think of. A stream of a, a live stream energy continues like that, and it go it it, it When we when we sleep, that live stream continue without us doing anything. And that, well, why is it called chitta? even though it's at the lowest level, it is still called a chitta or, or a mind. It's because it has its attribute. Okay? That bavangka chitta or the life stream energy molecule, or whatever you want to call it, has its attribute or qualities. Its function is to continue from one moment to the next in order to keep the life going. That's one of the functions. The other thing that it has is it has the karmic memory. It carries a karmic memories. That is its attribute. Okay? So, The Bhavanka Chita has that. And during our lifetime, that karmic memory is the same in each lifetime. So when we are a human, we don't wake up as a dog or as a bird. It's because the Bhavanka Chita remains the same in the particular lifetime, in any lifetime. Remain the same with the same attribute. It changes when a stream of a life comes to an end. Okay, which we call the breakdown of the body, or in conventional term, we call death. At the end of each formation of the physical body. The Bhavanka Chitta, when the Bhavanka Chitta stream come to an end of a physical form, at the very end, before it changes, because the Bhavanka Chitta keeps going, even though the body breaks down. When the body breaks down and, and the body dies, the last Bavankajita as a, as a human finish its function. And it gives power to the next Bavankajita, which is the new Bavankajita or the rebirth Bavankajita. The rebirth Bavankajita will take a new karmic uh, quality and take rebirth according to the karmic energy that happens during that time. You follow? At the end of this body, Abhavanka Jita finished its function as a human being. And when it when it branch over to the next Bhavanga the next Bhavanga take takes birth according to whatever happens at that time in the karmic energy that happened to show up for that bhavanka So if the if the karmic energy is wholesome then the next the rebirth bvankachita will take birth in an in a wholesome form okay in a wholesome form or wholesome plane and from that point on that new bhavankachta will keep the same attribute of whatever that uh, that bhavanka has that the first bhavanka cheetah of the new form has it keeps that for its entire form lifetime. So that's how uh re that's how uh what that's what rebirth means. The Bhavanka cheetah takes to do that. So our bhavankajita, or the lowest level stream of energy, happens very rapidly from one moment to the next. Okay? So that's how we keep living. We keep going. The life life keeps going even up, we don't know it. Now, what happened during our waking moment? The bhavankajita is always there. Okay? but now when we awake we have the sensory experience okay through our five sense doors and then so the five sense door receive information when it receive information it feeds the information into our uh, six sense which is we call the mind or the citta. So now this is a higher-level citta. Okay? But this higher-level citta or the mind or the sixth sense that we have does communicate or interact with the Bhavanka citta. So, when we react to things, Okay? When we react to things, when the sixth sense react to things with the different defilements that we have, whatever defilement it is, that is based on pretty much the three poisons that we know most of the people have is greed, low anger, dosa and ignorance moha so when our, when our mind react is a result it is a cheetah right the mind is a cheetah so the cheetah interrupts the the, the the smooth line of our life cheetah. Okay? So the life cheetah or energy stream is just like the the line that you see on the EKG machine. It goes smooth straight like that. So that's the lifeline. That's what that's our life the, the line the the energy stream. So when a sixth sense interpret or react to the information that is passed in from the five senses and we react it go beep. Okay? So it registered as a beep. So it interrupts the line of Abhavanki Chita. Okay? So now the line of our Bhavanga has different Chitta. Okay, it has different Chitta. It's like an interruption. It's like a it's being replaced, right? So at night when we sleep, the live Chitta goes straight and it's the same Chitta. Boom, 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 boom. Okay. The same cheetah, the same Bavanka chitta, boom 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 boom, and that Bavanka cheetah carry a quality as being a human, so you human, boom 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 human 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 human. So, that's at the lowest level. Now, the other cheetah comes to replace this boom 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 with whatever. Cheetah happens through this by the sixth sense. So the sixth sense has the sixth sense or the mind or the cheetah or the central CPU that we that we that we aware of that cheetah that central CPU has its ingredients which we call Mind ingredients or mind faculties, right? The mind has all kinds of flavors. So the minds that operate right now has many faculties. And you know what they are. Happy, mad, angry, sad, you know, sour, jealousy, all that. Those are the different faculties, the different ingredients of the mind or of the chitta. Okay, so this ingredient in Pali word is called chitta sika. Okay, chitta sika. So chitta sika or mind ingredients pops in or or arise based on the reaction of the chitta. Right? And that cheetah or cheetah sika, that formed the cheetah comes in and replace the bhavanki cheetah. And now we have the beep in the EKG machine. Right? So the EKG goes and then blip, So, But during the waking moment, you have a lot of blip, 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 blip. You have a lot. Okay? It's not the same as when you sleep. When you sleep, the bhavanka cheetah just go boom 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 boom. Right? Keep you going. But during the waking moment, now you have all this information through the sensory from the sense doors and now the mind is active and the EKG screen is all over the place. It's like boom 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 beep. You know, depending on what kind of, depending on what kind of is is uh, happening is arising at that particular moment. You see, so the sikha or the mind ingredients form the mind, and which we call the reactive mind or the emotional mind. Okay? And I have touched on that, about the emotional mind. So, these ingredients form the mind and create emotion. Now, who does all of this? Alright? Here's the question. All these things here, do you do all of this? Think about that. You're not doing anything. This thing is an amazing phenomenon that happens by itself. Okay. The physical body happens by itself. It go. It goes through its changing process taking care of itself by building and rebuilding, replacing the molecule, the cell, the molecule and everything in you, in the body. They do it by themselves. When it comes to the mind, the mind is reacting and reflecting and sensing and doing the seeing and the, the hearing and all that. All of these things here, happening by themselves. Where are you in all of this? And you mistaken that you are doing all of this thing. When in fact, it's the mind that is doing this thing and it's not you. See, that is... The difference between ordinary people and an awakened one. An awakened one come to realize himself or herself that this mind is doing all this incredible thing by itself. But here's the beauty. The beauty is being a human is very unique. It's very special. Why? Because human has this special capability of recognizing this thing. Animals do not have it. Other planes. Lower realm do not have it. Okay. Human is the best place, as the human, as the Buddha put it, is the world where you can obtain enlightenment. You can become aware of this mind activities that is happening by itself. But the mind is awakened by itself and this mind that you have has this capability of becoming aware of, it, of its own function of its own power that is, the, that is the unique characteristic of a human being okay animals Insect or whatever don't have that. Only human beings. That's why the Buddha said it is very special that we are born as human and we are able to recognize this. Okay? So that's why the Buddha point to the doctrine of anatta, so when it comes to all this, when you put the two and two together, the physical changing that, and the mental form that is always changing, the phenomena that's happening inside the citta and the different citta sika citta, 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 that is forming the mind, that is incredible. One inc- you have one incredible machine that is operating right now. Without you even have to do anything much, just recognize it. That is amazing, isn't it? What else you need, what else you want. You see, and there is nothing that you need to or can even cling on to, right? Because now you understand what. Life is all about. Experience it. That's all there is to it. There's no clinging. There's no attachment. There's no attachment. Things are always changing. It's impermanence. That's what it's all about. So, this is what I'd like to share with you all today. Hopefully, you got something. And again, as the same as any other time, if you have any opinion, message, anything, please drop me a line. Until later date, Namaste. <laughs>